0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com.
1: I'm Derek Riley. I'm with Charlie Smith, and welcome to Dirty Water, a conversation with surfing notables where the listener is carried off like a child to play in paradise, forgetful of all sorrows. Today's guest on Dirty Water is the world number 17, although this number scarcely reflects his influence on the world tour. Apart from being the 2016 Rookie of the Year, he is the demon to whom John John Florence and Gabriel Medina prostrate themselves before, Medina a particular slave to his baptism. A week after our guest's 26th birthday in 2019, this journeyman of five feet and six inches, who nobody pays attention to, although they should, was catapulted into the world of 130 million souls as the boogeyman who stole Gabriel Medina's dream for a third world title. May God bless the underdog, Kaio Abelli.
0: What long till let me Crying out in the night. Wow.
2: Where are you, Kaio? Uh I'm in Brazil, Guarujá. It's a couple hours from Sao Paulo. What? Is that your dog going nuts in the background? Yeah. What breed? <laughs> the dog is like, he thinks he's human, so he, he thinks he belongs inside of the house. So once he's outside of the house, he keeps barking. We're gonna maybe he to... maybe
1: thinks he smells Gabriel Medina coming to get you.
2: Yeah. I'm going to leave him outside of my dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> bring, him in, bring him in if he, if it's going to His
2: He's not like that. Usually he's... It's pretty chill. It never barks. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can see the jersey in the background. Is that um, Second Bell's jersey, 2017? No,
2: that's, um, that's the, my jersey from the World Juniors and the trophy.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I see the trophy.
2: Yeah. That's pretty right cool. there.
1: That's a prominent place. Is that where you yeah. show girls when they come to your house?
2: No. That this is my dad's house. My my place has no Wi-Fi for the moment, so I I don't I don't bring girls here. <laughs> <laughs> I, had you a show in, you. I had a room in the back, but the pandemic, like my mom literally would wake up and would open the windows and like, oh, who's there? <laughs> Does your friend want some water? And I'm like, oh shit, I, I, it might be time for me to move out. <laughs>
1: Is, it the, is, it, is this the first room you take them to show them your world junior uh, trophy
2: uh not really i i i think the jersey and the frame somebody gave us so we just put it there and the trophy i just give my dad all the trophies, so so he I think he takes a better card than me so
1: do you have any do you have any other um jerseys framed or
2: uh no no usually i give i give them away to my friends and People, places. Have you ever have you ever paddled out at home
0: in a WSL jersey? Just because yeah. you never have. That's that's a shame. Uh, why? I would do that every single time I served.
2: Yeah, no, that's I, I have like a pretty cool. So ba- I don't know, maybe like three years ago, WSL used to give us those like um, shirts with our names. Yeah, and like they they made a bunch of them and. Apparently, they sold a bunch of them and never gave the people the money. But, uh, I mean, we never seen the money. Honestly, like, they wanted to give the money. Like, if John John sold 1,000 jerseys, they would pay the percentage to John. But, like, my idea in the meeting, like, I wanted them to sell Mix, John, Kelly's, and Medina's, and then share the money to all of us
0: great idea That's oh the way doing it.
2: Like, don't freaking give me like probably the one the money you're gonna give me back is the money that i purchased or my family purchased all the shirts <laughs> so, like, come on i want money from the boys <laughs> yeah but no i i'm i have a few of those shirts but i i'm still embarrassed to like use them i don't know oh don't man to, no i live to my dad he does it he's the gonna... he's the man
0: I paddle out here with a blank t shirt that I scribble my last name on and then try to draw like the Billabong logo or the Quicksilver logo.
2: Oh, I've done that on the board. (laughs) Came off the board. Luckily, the board wasn't good.
1: Gave it back. Hey, so. um I thought I thought first of all we could talk about where you're, where you're from and because um, people might know your background and uh, what part of Brazil you live in and how that compares to where Italo lives, where Gabriel lives, and where Adriano lives, and so on. So, what? Um, tell us about
2: you. Yeah, so I I'm from Guarujá. It's a couple hour drive from the airport in São Paulo, and it's like a little, it's kind of a fisherman city, but it's like a small town, and we get beach breaks at, like all over, like just. Maybe like a couple of miles from my house, we have like seven different spots and we get all kinds of winds and all kinds of tides and swell directions. So honestly, like I wouldn't have to leave here to surf anywhere else. Like I can surf every single day of the year, there's somewhere to surf. So it's a great little town to live. There's definitely like, it's just small town. Everybody knows everybody. So it's kind of boring. You can't do anything else than surf, but it's, it's fun. I love it. My family's here. Uh, it's like, I was, today I was at a, um, Gabriel's place, Marzius, and I drove, I woke up, and I look at the wind, and I'm like, oh, it could be barreling, so drove a couple hours. I was there, got a bunch of barrels, and I just got back home, so there's a bunch of little hour-and-a-half, two-hour drives that you can just score great waves. How, how locked
0: down is Brazil right now, COVID-wise?
2: Um... So my town specific, like, if you don't have an address or a text, your text ID is not showing that you're from here, you're not allowed to get in the, in the city. So it's it's kind of restrict, but there's other places like uh, Marzias and other towns and cities in Sao Paulo that it's all good. You can drive around. But, yeah, it's like here in Guarujá, we, we were we were allowed to surf, like, just a couple – they, they let us surf, like, maybe a week and a half or a couple weeks ago. Like, in four – in the last three months, I only surfed, like, a week and a half. Really? Yeah, I haven't surfed at all. Did but, it feel good to get back in the water? Yeah, it feels great. Like, I mean, just weird. Like, I, I surf a week out of those three months, and, like, I got chased down by the police. And I had to paddle, like, maybe, like, 2Ks, like, maybe – even more, just so they don't take my board. So huh. kind of like a weird feeling, kind of fun, like running from the police and like, oh shit, they're looking that way! Ah! Jump <laughs> in the water, that way, and now they, they can't catch you. But like the are going off, and i was surfing for a couple hours and surfing by myself, and I look outside and like they're lining up, like maybe like eight oh. police cars, and they're all lined up. And I would catch a laugh and they would run to the beach and catch a <laughs> run to the other side of the beach. And I'm like, okay, maybe this time I won't get away. So I had to paddle like a couple miles away and go outside and the waves are really big. And I had to just run on the rocks, but I made it home. So that's kind of a story. Maybe I'll tell my kids one day.
0: That's a solid one right
2: there. Yeah. Outlook, oh, like oh, <laughs> how? Yeah, I like it. Kind of rabble.
1: The Brazilian police aren't usually the sort of people you want to humiliate in such a fashion, though.
2: Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just I, I feel like they were taking it, it it's definitely like a serious – it was a serious thing to take, but I feel like they're doing just to the surfers. They were trying to show something that um that showed the power. But the surfing surfers were not criminals and they were treating like a criminal. And maybe they were they were doing the right thing but not in the right not in the right way. So it was kind of lame. And all over the world, people were surfing. And and even in the cities here in Brazil, like they were surfing and that was fine. And here in Guadalajara was just like chasing people, taking boards and like bringing people to jail. And and it was kind of lame. But now we're all free, kind of free. We're learning how to live with masks and not touching people's hands. And it's just... Now, if, you, if, if you're if like a chicken on, on the beach, you got to know by the forehead and the, the eye. You're like, that's a keeper. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's 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 a different lifestyle here in Brazil. And, and people are dying every single day more and more. So I don't know. I don't know what you believe anymore, honestly. Like, it's there, but I don't know if it's that bad or if it's not. People wearing masks on the beach, are huh people wearing masks on the beach yeah i mean on the beach you're not allowed to stay on the beach so you can only run or ride a bike or swim but you can't stand on the sand stay in the sand and sit down so yeah people's people are wearing masks most of the places definitely like i I mean if you're on the beach like swimming people don't wear masks but people are with masks everywhere or even trying to be that's that's kind of the right thing. I'm I'm doing the same as much as I can. Sure. What about you, Chad? You wear you wear a mask down the beach?
0: No, we not on the beach down here. You can pack oh. the beaches here. I was just I was just out yesterday. The beach was packed. Not one mask around. But yeah, in the stores and stuff, we have to. So I put it on when I go to the store. But yeah, no beach.
2: Yeah, I haven't I haven't vested in my first mask yet. Like. Someone gave the last mask I had and I'm like, oh, maybe this is gonna go away, but apparently you're gonna just have to purchase one. I mean, the surf brands should
0: start making masks is what should start happening.
2: Yeah, maybe a mask with like like a clear part that you can see the smile. <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: hey Kai, when did you when did you first think that you gotta be a pro surfer?
2: Um well I I was kind of born and raised until I was eight years old in Sao Paulo in the city. Uh, My dad used to work in Sao Paulo. So I was only surfing until eight years old. I was only surfing on the weekends and every two weeks when my dad could take us to the beach and it wasn't, it wasn't like easy or ideal. So I was just having fun at that point. And then one time I came to the city I live now and I just fell in love and I asked my dad like, Hey dad, look, this place is insane. There's places to surf everywhere. You walk everywhere. You don't need a car or bike. Like my dream is to live here one day. And my dad, like after six months, he took me and my brother, he rented a little place and put me and my brother and my mom inside of that little apartment. And after that, I started surfing every day. And I'm like, Whoa, this is pretty fun. Like, I want to do that forever. And, and I kind of like fell in love with surfing and it, it, everything went pretty natural. Like, honestly, like everybody that my dad spoke to, they were like, Hey man, look, your son is born and raised on the city. Like there's no chance you're going to be a pro surfer Be real to yourself. And my dad's like, Oh no, maybe, maybe you can do it. Maybe you can do it. They're like, look, my son is born on the beach. Your son's born in the city. Like there's no chance. And I just lived with that for for a long, long time, and then like the the young talents like they just start fading away, and I was kind of like rising a little bit like just chasing. I had always that feeling of chasing, and maybe maybe that's that's the best thing I have this day that I love people I love to, when people put me down and I have something to prove when just that's the fire comes.
0: Does Brazil have the concept of, like, like the underdog thing? I mean, where the underdog is the one you want to root for and the, the kind of underdog fight?
2: No, I feel in Brazil it's different. I feel in Brazil, like, usually, like, when you're from a city, instead of this, the whole – I mean, it's hard to say, like, the whole city don't cheer for you or they don't want to see you win. But, like, all the little surfing – guys like in around they're all kind of like jealous like oh shit oh shit like that guy's not cool you know what I mean like it's in Brazil like when you go outside of your city or outside of your state people just like oh my god welcome we'll serve you get the best wave here here's a drink here's like, oh, like in your city people are just like like uh, um, I, I might like you but I can show you that I like you you know what I mean so it's kind of weird but it's good I it it, make, it we live like a really simple lifestyle here. Like I surf and I come back and I eat and I surf and come back and sleep. So that's all I like to do. Yeah. So you so you really are the
1: classic underdog from from ten years old. You've you've always been the underdog, the kid who um, wasn't going to succeed. But yeah, you know you're the man who um, Gabrielle, John, John, and Kelly all prostrate themselves <laughs> prostrate themselves before. Yeah, amazing. It's amazing.
2: It's I, I feel like once I get you comfortable with some situations uh, I I feel sometimes I get too relaxed so I use that in my favor now like I don't have sponsors so if I don't make heats if WSL don't come back quick and I don't make heats like I don't have income so I feel like that makes me want to chase more get better surfing and and work on some stuff that I'm weak Um and, and that helps me. I, I love that pressure. I, I love to be, pre- I mean, I don't love to be pressured. Like if I could choose being pressure or not, I would love to just stay under the shade, drinking coconut water and surfing when I want it. But uh, that doesn't make me any good. So I like to be pressure against the wall and be like, dude, if you don't make that heat, you're out of the tour. And I feel that's when the best comes out of me.
0: Do you think that, I mean, what do you hear or what do you know about the tour coming back either this year or next year? Or Is there any word that you guys are receiving?
2: Yeah, I feel there's like, honestly, like right now, they're going to give us uh, another update. There's something, I heard speculation that it would be like towards the end of the year, maybe pipe to start like new season, but. I'm not sure yet. I, I don't really know. We're just taking day by day. But right now, there's not even flights to America from Brazil. And the next scheduled flight is in October. So I have no board since last year, August, from Australia. So it's, it's just tough. What are you riding right now? Uh, I'm riding DHD. The guys from Brazil made me a couple. They Luckily, like, they helped me out a few boards, but... I had 10 boards made in Australia that I was supposed to get in March. And then I wasn't able to go to Australia. And then they sent you to California. And then when I was flying to California, to pick them up, they just shut down the border. So stuck.
1: So the the threat of the police breaking one of your boards was pretty much an existential threat. That was. Oh yeah.
2: If they take the only board I have, it's done. (laughs) I to start body surfing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so from a from a pretty early age, did you realize you weren't gonna be um you know like Gabriel Felipe and be getting massive sponsorships and that you'd have to fight for every sort of uh dollar you earned?
2: Um I feel like yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't so early when I kinda it's just Gabriel like he just went to the next level really quick. Like, he was 15 years old, and we're all, like, coming out of, like, amateur contests, and the guy just got so good. We're like, oh, man, I don't know if it's, we, we can follow that guy. Honestly, like, he, he's just so good. And and then Philippe kind of came right after, and Philippe maybe didn't have what Gabriel had, because I feel like Gabriel, was like, was really complete like turns barrels and everything and was just the air guy that could make anything bad look really good so they just like came back to back and yeah i mean i i had a really good relationship and i feel like i had an amazing contract with oakley and it, it was something like i didn't really see oakley sponsored me for 16 years and as a main sponsor and their relationship, I didn't see coming to an end when it came because they, they put so much money on my amateur career and also when I was professional, but I wouldn't expect them to pull out when I was on tour because that's what kind of they prepared me to. So it was, it was surprisingly, and it's just I, I've been trying to live without a sponsor now and trying to make all the good decisions to keep the lifestyle I have today for, for the rest of my
1: life. So how did the Oakley thing, um, and did they just send you a letter or give you a call and say, uh, thanks to the laughs.
2: Yeah. Well, I still, I still write for Oakley as co-sponsor, but, um, yeah, they just stopped doing clothing, I guess. And you only had me and Seabass left. So we, at, at once we had a lot of surfers riding, um, they had to toe program and, and, all of a sudden it was me and Seabass and we were like okay maybe the two of us will be able to keep our jobs and it just it just didn't happen but yeah it was was a bummer I mean they just put so much money especially me and Seabass Seabass when when Oakley stopped doing the clothing like we're still on tour so for them would imagine still would be a good thing to have that exposure but yeah it, it happens like now more than ever, like with the coronavirus, feels like things are more even harder to find deals and sponsor and make money. So So what do you do for money now? For now I just live out of prize monies. I have a couple of sponsors like Ride, my accessory company from, from South Africa. And Oakley I have DHD and I, I'm opening a burger joint here in, in, in Brazil next week. So Maybe You're opening a burger truck? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe what? I can leave out of burgers one day. Oh, that's burger so sweet.
0: what's the angle? You could be a Burger King.
2: Yeah, I mean Cow Burger King your Belly. We, just, like, we just done the, the photo shoot yesterday and it came out like it came out better than Burger King's freaking photos. Like I was stoked.
0: What's what's the burger concept? Is there anything is it just a standard burger or is there a is it yeah. healthy?
2: Well no, it's not healthy. It's a burger for people that like burgers and fat.
0: That's what I want to hear right it's there. The
2: real, it's the real deal. Yeah.
0: I had a but, I had a damn healthy burger today and it was the, it was I was so depressed. I was just weepy. It was like on a whole wheat bun and yeah. it just made me sad.
2: Yeah, I'd rather die.
0: i um, yeah, I hear yeah. I'd rather die than have a bad
2: burger <laughs> I go to the doctors and they're like, dude, maybe like I, I eat okay, but I don't. I love my ice cream and I love my bacon and and they they were like, oh, you would surf better, you would stay longer in the water. I'm like, dude, I, I'd rather die than stop eating that. <laughs> That's my happiness. If I don't eat that, I'd rather be dead. Like life makes no sense. I hear you. Do you do you have a bacon burger? Uh, I do. I'm not gonna start with the bacon burger, but I have a bacon burger. Okay, good. All right.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah. So, maybe so look it looks maybe. like you brand the um a belly burgers into the the bun. Was that just for the Instagram story, or do you do that in every bun?
2: No, we're gonna do it in every bun. So everyone
1: gets to um, eat everybody. will eat a little bit. It's beautiful. A few chicks. Want to get a piece of you? Yeah, maybe I send her a free, a free
2: cheeseburger, so she don't
1: get. <laughs> so where are about in we're about in your. Um, your beautiful little, uh, paradise is the, uh, belly burgers.
2: So the belly burgers, like the first idea, maybe it, everything just happened so quick. Um, about maybe a couple months, a month ago, my family, they work in a, uh, school inside of a restaurant. They, they have a restaurant inside of a school. So they've been like shut down for three months and the bills has been stacking up. I've been helping at home financially, um, without a sponsor and i have been just helping as much as I can. And I don't really see the school coming back anytime soon. So one time I went to sleep and I'm like, Hey, look, um, the sushi thing is a good thing, but delivery wouldn't work like normal food. There's a thousand people doing like rice and beans. And I'm going to just do my burger. Like I eat enough burger in and out and I know what the tastes. So I'm going to just do it. And I woke up in the morning. I told my parents like, Hey, I' gonna open a burger place they're like oh cool like shit like we don't know nothing about burgers we love pizza and i'm like no but we're doing burgers <laughs> so, yeah so um i i was first uh, fortunate to to meet people like burger owners like the burger place owners that just the guys helped me out like so much they carried me like hey look this is the cheese this is the bun. This just walked me through the whole process and helped me out. So I had amazing people uh, help me with the process. And now we're, we are about to launch maybe next week. So we're super stoked. Maybe I can one day have enough, sell enough burgers so I don't need WSL.
0: I, mean, <laughs> I think that'll happen in one month of business. You'll be
1: there. <laughs> I hope. So what makes a what makes a good burger? Because you said that you um you know you've been examining in and out burgers. Yes. What to you is like a hamburger?
2: The our secret sauce, our our um the blend of our burgers and, and the and the bread. The bread gotta be something familiar that people like know as a good burger. So the bread is pretty pretty similar as the in the in and out bread and the sauce I made pretty much almost it. So I it's it's nothing like exclusive. Like I'm trying to bring that like good burger taste that everything I tried before into Brazil, like they don't have much of that. So like we have um, like our barbecue sauce comes from like Texas and it's like super expensive, but you get the taste the flavor and that's what I'm trying to do. Like have the taste of maybe U S that I was used to for so long here in Brazil and show people that this is a good burger.
0: Derek Riley himself is a vegetarian until he comes to California and then he eats in and out. He's an in, a, in and out-itarian.
1: Yeah, fucking uh, cows start trembling when I come to California. <laughs> when like when we come to Brazil? Oh, okay. eat, eat the motherfuckers. I hate the cows. <laughs> but I still can't, I can't eat pigs. I can't eat bacon and I definitely can't eat lamb. So don't do lamb burgers. It's just like eating puppies and shit. <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so let's let's talk about your um, your almost career-ending injury in 2018. You hurt your foot in at Margaret's. Can you tell us what happened and, and how badly injured your foot was?
2: Yeah, so um, one one day I was, was surfing. It was only me and Jody in the water at main break, out of main break, and the waves were kind of fun, little onshore wind, good for airs. I just went for a straight air. Coming back down, uh, the foam was coming up as my board was coming down, so my foot just went literally like, that and broke um the metatarsal and it was i had a couple fractures and the ligament i guess the least frank ligament so i had i went to see the doctors and they're like oh dude you're fine it's just ligaments and i'm like i heard clicking like when it happened and they're like oh no it's fine you can just walk i guess i'll try this jesus i'll try just yeah. like hey mike just walk on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You fucking pussy. What's fucking wrong with his Brazilian cunt? Yeah, says he's got a broken fucking foot. <laughs>
2: Fuck off. Yeah, well, pretty much like that. And and I was trying to walk, and my foot was just like ta, 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 ta. And I'm like, this is not normal. Maybe I shouldn't put my foot. I shouldn't put my foot on the ground. So, I, a couple of days after, I was able to get an x X-ray, and it was broken, like it said. I told them. And the ligament was bad. So we were waiting for four to six weeks to heal to see if I need a surgery. So after five weeks I went to surgery and I stayed out of the water for three months after that. Wasn't really able to surf and I felt pretty pressured to start surfing quick. Otherwise I would lose my spot on turf. So I I was kinda like looking to save myself and luckily everything worked out, but it wasn't perfect. So you missed. So you uh,
1: you competed in the, what the first three events, and then you missed the final eight, two thousand
2: and eighteen. Is that right? Yes. Yeah.
1: So in that same same period, um, John John had a very theatrical um, injury which left him um, disappearing from the tour halfway through, and Kelly had a um, had a miraculous foot injury that would would heal itself in the swells, yeah. uh, Fiji, and so forth. Yeah. What, what were you thinking when you were in rehab and um, you're seeing Kelly at Fiji and so on?
2: Um, I, I thought of myself, like, look, it's not only me. I'm not the only one watching that. So he can probably think he's fooling himself, but he's not fooling, like, I don't know how many. I don't know if there's a million people watching WSL or surfing in general, but there's he's not fooling everybody and I thought that was the weight that I had with me you know like look I'm trying to do the right things I'm going to all the right doctors I'm doing all the right rehab and Kelly's just surfing whenever he wants to surf compete whenever he wants to compete so I thought that as a common sense that would work in my favor like look that guy's not taking his injury serious but at at the end it's just um, it's just not how it works he 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 is the king and I respect all his his story, you know, like he's done so much for the sport and and for surfing and and I'm a big fan of Kelly. I, I even like him as a person when he plays guitar and he don't talk too much, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he's cool. Uh it's just it's just he was doing his thing and maybe he, he knew he had the backing enough to do what he was doing. So <laughs> But, but let's Did be you, honest
0: it's not that it's not the king wild card right? It is the injury wild card
2: Wow and it, it and, really not.
0: I mean of course and we all theoretically know that and of course there's the the sheen of you know obviously it's Kelly right but yeah. come on like I, that was entirely frustrating to me and I felt that you were singled out because yeah. to be honest because you're the only professional surfer that follows beach Grid on Instagram. And oh,
2: I, really? thought that, yeah.
0: I thought that's oh, what got you.
2: That's what I, I, you, I like the fire. Yeah. I think it sing- has it. <laughs> but that's where you were singled out. I'm yeah. telling
0: you, the bastards.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like in the rule book, I don't think there's such a thing called injury wildcard. So it's it's a wildcard that they can do pretty much what they want, as far as I know. I don't read, really um, read I haven't I, I haven't participated of much meetings in the last year or so because I was just like look, whatever we say, nothing changes. So I was just like watching as it goes. Um, so I don't read the rule book, but for what I heard, that's that's what it is. They they can do whatever they want, and and when I I I've heard the the medical staff, they had a meeting and and on the medical team, they're like, hey, look look like you and john you guys are the one for to get the wild card but on the business side of it they're like hey look we were not able to lose kelly and he has the world title he has the fans and he brings more interest to the tour so that's what we're who who we're picking and that that was pretty heartbreaking for me to hear because they're kind of like cooking me through the whole year like oh let's wait we don't know yet like there's there's a chance like are you looking good and i'm That's like I don't yeah it wasn't,
1: it wasn't one chance in hell was it
2: yeah i mean i kind of knew it i was just yeah i don't know it, it it's tough like I, I understand i understand their position and for the business side of it like i'm just They probably see me as just one guy one more guy and and they gotta just run me over for Kelly, but it's understandable. I, I, I respect Kelly and I respect what he's done. So at the end of the day, they gotta do what they gotta do. And luckily I saved myself with my own hands. So, so
1: how did you save yourself with your own hands?
2: Well, they gave me three chances. They gave me four. Well, they were gonna give me two events and and I promised like in 2018 yeah 2018 they they told i I lost my sponsor in december and december 31st and december 20th they told me i wasn't going to be on tour the year the next year so i promised them i was going to stop surfing i told them like hey they were like hey but you're good enough you go to the qs and you come back and i'm like dude look i I've, i've trained i've sacrificed my whole life for this and i'm not i'm not going back into the qs and and giving you you guys that pleasure of like oh just see you later so i i was they were like okay we're gonna give you a couple spots on tour like snapper not not snapper maybe bells and margaret's that they own the spots or something like that. oh it was um margaret's and bali that was the two events that they didn't have sponsorship. And I'm like, look, I'm not really, like, I don't know. I two events, I can't pay my bills. I can't just pay my rent in California. I was in California at that time. And I'm like, hey, that that doesn't make me anything. Like, I won't have a chance to qualify at two events. So I, I was kind of, like, told myself my heart. I told my, my dad, like, hey, dad, look, my heart isn't there anymore. Like, I, I don't think I want to do it. And he's like, oh, man, like you're so young, your career is like, you know, you can do it again. And I'm like, look, my heart's not there. I, I don't like surfing. I don't like, w- I don't like what they done to me. Like, it's not something I'm proud of should be in it. And, and I was pretty frustrated at that time because of it, because of all the, all I've, I've, I've gone through and I was ready to kind <laughs> of, kind of ready to stop surfing. And Adriana called me one morning. Adriana's was like, Hey man, look, like, I'm not going to do it. The first four events. And I think just get ready, get ready because you're going to, you're going to be called. And I'm like, you sure? He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like I won't be able to do it. My knee's not good. So I just start jumping bad, like six in the morning, just like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Four. Okay. Four events. It's enough. Like, okay. You make at least 40 grand. You can pay your bills. You're good. I'm like, okay, now we go to, we go to Australia. I gonna to try to do the QS, the first few events, and I go to compete. And I lost first round. I was obviously like out of shape, not out of shape, but I was more like out of surfing. Like my surfing wasn't good at that time. I haven't surfed in like six months, and it wasn't wasn't looking good. So lost first event. Lost second event. Third event, I, was, I surfed a little better. Those bells and. And the fourth event, they already told me, like, hey, man, look, let's be honest here. Like, if you don't look good in this event, like, you, we don't really need to give you a spot for the next events. We can give to the next wild card that done good in bells or something. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. At that point, I knew it. I'm like, look, I had three chances. I had four chances. And if I blow it, like, yeah, I, I've done it. Nobody else, I can't blame anybody else. So the fourth event was Margaret's and I'm like, I don't know. I had, I was staying on the the RV, running from the main break. I was surfing the box every other day. And I was just feeling like, look, if I, if I lose, I I'm better off losing like in a good style. Like if I lost, if I lose, I want to get the biggest barrel. I want to get the shot of the box. I want to just be like, look, he lost, but he's good. Like he done it. So I, I just like, I was super calm and I'm like, Gabriel, Kelly, like I, I, I've got all the hardest guys out of the whole event. And, and I was just taking one by one. I'm like, dude, look, it's not your day today. Come back next time. Like, this is me, 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 and get out of my way. Like, I, I, got, I got to do it. So so luckily everything worked out. I lost to John on a very close heat in, um, in the semifinals. And that was one of the best events of my life. I was just like super relaxed. I was drinking wine the day before the heat. Brazilian is like, we're very like, look, if we don't surf in the morning, we're going to lose the heat. It's just like that. So you got to be the first one. You got to be the first one to get in the water. So it's always that little thing, like working your mind. And I just, that event, I was just drinking wine the night before. And I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. And if this is my last time here, I want to remember tonight. So the next morning, I look at the waves like, "Oh, I want to surf." I go if I don't want to surf, I wait for my heat. I had a pretty good conversation conversation with Jeremy, the contest before, and I, I I was like listening to the interview that he'd done with you guys. So, I had a little bit of that talk. He's like, "Hey, man, look, before we used to potty every night here, and like we would go to the finals the next day, and nothing happened. And it's all about your mind." So I was just like taking notes notes in my head, like, "Okay." Look, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go that extreme, but I gonna I gonna take the fun route of it. So that was kind of my mindset in the, that last event. Like, look, I might not even come back here to compete this event ever if I'm not happy and if I don't do good. So let's just have a good time and and see how it goes. And it worked. <laughs> when you're when you were getting through the heats, obviously
0: it's fun. But are you like cha-ching every single heat? Are you just like that's another? Well, whatever it is grand
2: kind of like it was like that because like literally round three i got gabriel and gabriel was like man you, with gabriel you're probably gonna lose more than you're gonna win it's just the reality of it the guy's just that good so i'm like when i got out of gabriel's heat and i'm like i made it and then and then i think i got kelly right after him like you start realizing like things are not going to get easy But I was going to make every hit I I could make because I knew for me to go, I think uh, Jacob Wilcox was the the wild card for Bells. And he's done, I think he got like, he lost in the quarterfinals in Bells. So I knew I had to go one up on him so I can get the, the better spot and get called for the next event. So I was just trying to go like one more, one more, one more. And he was making hit at that event as well. So... I think he lost in the quarterfinals and I made to the semifinals and then I was one up and I'm like, okay, let's breed now. Now, now we can do
1: it. <laughs> that heat with, with Kelly was pretty funny because uh, you had that uh, great paddle battle with him uh, during the heat. Like, you you weren't, you weren't fucking backing down, were you?
2: No, uh, I was just – I mean, you, you just got to enjoy when you're in Kelly's heat. Like as much as I can play – like, usually he's the player, and, and I love to play too and see how he would react. So I was just going for it, just trying to see uh, his reaction, to see if I can – if I was just able to play with his mind, that would be, like, a good satisfaction already. So,
1: yeah. What, what was his reaction when you um, started putting in the in the uh, paddle arms to um, beat him in that little paddle battle? Because he looked pretty furious online.
2: Yeah, he's um, – he was – you know, like, he has a good reaction of, like, the, uh, showing that he he doesn't fade him, you know? Like, he was just trying to swing in every little wave and trying to make you, like, little take me there, take me here. And, like, it was just fun to see him getting on the other side of the coin. Like, usually he's the one doing that. And, and I was pretty stoked to kind of get him, like, a little throw him in, like, shitty waves. That was, that was mm-hmm. satisfying.
1: So how do you do that? How do you how do you throw someone who's who's surfed in, you know, ten thousand heats, shitty waves?
2: I feel like markets, here are just rolling the dice. So you, you, you can look at a wave and and if you're in a good role, you, the guy probably sees that you caught a bunch of good waves through that whole event. So he's probably like, Oh, he kind of knows which way to pick. So you just look at a wave like, Oh my god, that wave looks so good And and he was just getting emotional and going for it, but yeah, I got lucky on
1: that one. And Kelly was so incensed after that. He, he came in and um, arm wrestled a kid, smashed him.
2: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was
1: amazing. So um, one one thing about you is you're you're such a uh, you know a giant killer, Gabrielle, John, John, Kelly. What is it that enables you to do what so many other people can't?
2: Uh, I don't know. Maybe 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 those guys like I feel like the people win in the locker room you know like how confident you are and how you position yourself how you look at others and and it's just how your presence you got to be strong and I feel those guys like those guys look at other competitors and competitors goes like put their head down and and it's i i might not be a world champion but uh when i'm surfing against those guys i i, I make them feel like look you're no better than me and then if you give me a chance i will take you down so you just gotta believe that yourself you believe in yourself and believe that you can do that because if i if i'm just like one uh, one other guy and just bring it down he's gonna smash me and they have everything to smash me so just they can't because I'm there and they're going their leash and, and their tail. How, how good do you
0: feel when you take a big scalp?
2: Yeah, it's good. It's like you take a good shower after you're like you look at the mirror and you're like Ugh! Yeah, it 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 feels good. I feel like that's that's competitive surfing for me. Like, you know, surfing surfing I don't think surfing is like I love surfing for surf what surfing stands for, but I don't like com- competitive surfing so much. But I like to win, so I like to win those guys. Though they challenge me, and not that not that other guys don't challenge me, but I feel like when I'm surfing against those guys, just there's there's a little more to bring bring from inside. So what do you do in the locker room to kind of rattle them? Did you see the picture of me and Kelly? When I when I look at him, I I think there's oh, a funny, yeah. Yeah. on the devil horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a funny one from from Maritz. I just I had to do that one. Like I was just so mad at him. <laughs> like sure. I, look, I don't even remember how the picture is, but I remember it was pretty funny. And the locker room, I just prepare myself. I just like you know like Gabriel. Like he, if you're in his way, I think a pipe. He almost like. Show hit the shoulder on me like when I was warming up. So you just it you, you just gotta if the guy if it's the guy gonna hit your shoulder, just leave it very strong so he just don't run you over oh shit. Oh, sorry. So
1: he bounces off you huh?
2: Yeah. Kinda it, it's kinda like that. That's the concept of mine when you're preparing yourself in the locker room. So
1: yeah. <laughs> so so surfing against John John and Gabriel are the two completely different surfers. How different are your strategies against John John and Gabriel?
2: Well, Gabriel, if you well, it's pretty much the same. Like you gotta surf at least better than them on that day, which is like they are pretty consistent, but I feel like Gabriel, you can win if you surf better. But I feel like John, you gotta surf better and you gotta you gotta hope he doesn't surf at all. Otherwise they're gonna give him the scores. I just feel like that's just how it works. If he surfs just as much as you do, you're going to lose. If he serves a little less than you, you're still going to lose. So you got to just, like, I love his surfing. I love John. Like, he's the man. But um, sometimes you get the little edges where I never get them with nobody. Damn judges. Damn judges.
1: The towel? Uh, uh, have you the Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I have. I have, but it didn't work so well. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) We had two judges in the tower, and I would say something, and it was one. I I can't say the names, but it was one. There was two judges. They were not like, side to side. So I was saying something. One of the judges in the back, they were like, yes, yes. The judge in the front was like, no. I was like, shit, this doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah, the guy, I'm like trying to explain myself as the situation. I'm like, hey, look, I think I won the heat, and then the guy's like, in the bench, like, yes, yes. <laughs> the guy from, like, no, I don't think so. Like, look what he've done it. So, so yeah, but you I, don't, think,
0: you don't think the judges give Gabriel any, any extra juice?
2: No, no, I don't think so. The guy's good. He's freaking good. Like, as much as I wouldn't want to say that the guy's freaking the guy to beat like he he doesn't have a bad day even on his bad day he serves better than most of the guys and he gets the best ways and the and does the best things like the judges want like it's almost it's hard to say that but like i feel maybe the people want him to lose because he's so good and it's it's so hard for him to lose that people want him to lose so it's kind of that concept like if G- if Gabriel lost, it's kind of kind of cool, like oh, like the guy's freaking good. He 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 gonna win the next one kind of thing. When what's in the water? Oh, it sucks. Surf with him. If you if you surfed with him before, you would have you, you would know. It doesn't change anything like in a free surf and the contest, the guy's just like going everywhere. And I feel like that's the strategy against him, like. You just gotta go everywhere and make him like feel dizzy from you paddling side to side, and get his attention out of the his strategy. So yeah, he's he's not really fun to surf with. Like I definitely had fun sessions with him before, but like during the contest, he's just it's a nightmare to surf with him. Is he a chatterbox in the water? Does he like to have little talks? No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just very small talk. because he doesn't sit his butt in, in the board, so it's just a very small talk. You paddle around, you catch the next one, and go around and around. So, but he serves good. So entertaining to watch him surf. You got to get him on the Avalli Burger.
0: You'll slow him down
1: slightly.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I have a double for him. <laughs>
1: What about um, what about when um, you know he's paddling you at the point or something? He goes, "I will paddle you to fucking deeper. I'll paddle you to fucking down to kill you, motherfucker." Anything like that, or was uh, it just head down and paddle?
2: Well, with yeah, no, I think he's just head down and paddle. I, I think he does have a harder feeling with me than he would do with anybody else. So if there's one person he doesn't like to lose this to me, um, so he's just yeah, he's he tries really hard. But do you I feel, feel like- that?
0: then the power shifts to you. Like if
2: it yeah. feels like to
0: me, then you're in his head, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I, I feel a little bit, but I feel he cries in the shower when he loses to me. So uh, <laughs> I think it's very emotional. It might be very emotional. Like, you know, imagine Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. So hey, I'm, not, I'm not sure so, if you remember
1: this incident, but in um, 2019 you were in Portugal and, um, Gabriel uh, dropped in on you and he kind of bumped shoulders and he threw his arms up and had a bit of a cry then. And I'll just read you the report we ran because it was pretty sizzly. It says, with eight minutes remaining in a heat with Kiowa Belly, in a heat where he'd spent the previous 27 minutes ruthlessly ragdolling his compatriot in weak two foot closeouts. Unbelievably, he contested a dribbly little right-hander, bumping shoulders with the belly, who gesticulate, gesticulated wildly in protest. WSL screen live on the broadcast showed a belly priority. Medina pointed to the beach as if to suggest he had priority. Live screen immediately immediately priority switched to Medina, suggesting a mistake. Within a minute, the decision was reached, and Medina had a priority interference awarded against him in the loss of his second-scoring wave. As a sign of Medina's dominance, the penalty was not immediately fatal. Uh, with his single-wave score of an 8.17, still besting Abelie's top two rides combined. Abelie got the score, Medina out. That's pretty fucking wild, huh?
2: Yeah, and, well, I, I got to thank him. Uh, well... I got to thank him for the qualification. I think that heat was the heat that qualified me. Like if if I lost that heat I would I would not probably be on tour this year so uh, I'm very very thankful f- for that. But what what actually happened there? Did he did he
0: really think he had priority?
2: Yeah, he didn't he didn't see it because I was down the, I was down down the beach and the beach kind of made a curve. So he was over here trying to make it out and like he had to duck a few waves and Where I finished, I think it was the same wave. Where I finished, I had just had to duck dive one wave and I was sitting on the board. And he, yeah, he he doesn't usually do that. That's the one thing that Gabriel, uh, when Gabriel is with me on the heat, like he's done mistakes that he usually don't do it. So he was just sitting there like thinking he has priority and I'm like looking and looking one more time and I'm like, oh my God. But you fully knew you had priority. I knew it. I knew it. Otherwise I wouldn't pat on that wave. Like I, that wave could have a section uh, to do an error or something, but honestly, like the guy was winning with nine or I don't even know the scores. It was just almost not doable for me at that point. The waves are two feet and I needed a nine point something and it was hard. So I looked okay. at once, looked twice, and I'm like, hey look, <laughs> he hasn't looked a single time and I'm like, just quiet. And when the wave came and I'm like, look, I'm going. And I look at him and I'm like thinking that he's going to paddle and look. The guy just went for it. And I'm like, holy shit, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. It was coming. Like, like Christmas morning for you. It was a Christmas morning for me. Like it you do. It was part of a hell ride uh, for a few days. <laughs> it was just like the craziest. Thing. I mean, when I when I left the beach – i i try to message like gabriel's mom i try to call her and tell her like hey sorry for for what happened in the heat like i didn't do it on purpose like he just got in my wave and and i just want to say sorry because i knew that was a war title heat and like he could have win the war title there and man i i felt horrible honestly like i i hate winning like that and and it was the shittiest feeling. Like I got in my hotel room and I was like, I would rather not win this heat and just get out of here, like clean, than just have all of what was happening to me. Like people were messaging. Like, I don't even know how many people messaged me, like saying shit to me and my family. Like it was crazy. But it didn't, didn't you
1: have 10,000 messages in uh, two hours or
2: something. Yeah. Plus, like I was getting, I was like my whole, um, my whole Instagram inbox was like getting full every like five seconds. It would be like full, 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 all new messages, and not a single one positive. <laughs> like, for <beach> huh? <laughs> Except for beach Crits message. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, mean you, guys the, you guys probably know the feeling sometimes.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you had gabrielle's with what three million followers and uh, Neymar Juniors hundred and thirty million yeah. followers.
2: If one percent of that, maybe even less than one percent, half percent, send me a message. Imagine how, with the number of that. So it's just crazy. You you went crazy. But after a couple of days, Jetson posted something about it, and it was the coolest thing. Like everything turned to positive, and and after that, people start supporting me and want to see me win at the contest. So was kind of like a good good push and i came back stronger after that but for a couple of days the my friend was with me and he's like hey man look honestly don't even open your phone like you don't really want to see it like <laughs> and i'm like that makes you want, that makes you want to open my phone. Open my phone. like oh shit what's going on people are saying like oh hope, hope i don't see you on the streets in brazil whatever And i'm like oh man
1: can you imagine being a um, a thug in Brazil who killed another man because he uh, had an interference with Gabriel Medina in Portugal? That'd be a weird way to, weird thing to go to jail for, huh? Oh
0: man, like yeah, but look at look at Stinkin'. Didn't it happen in Argentina? Who was the or in Brazil, right? Or Colombia? Sorry, Pablo Escobar had the soccer players killed who screwed up. <laughs> happens in South
2: America. Yeah, I mean it's it sucks because all his followers. I feel like has all kinds of followers. is just not surfing. I don't think surfers, there's A-min and surfers, like, interested in seeing Medina. I mean, the guy is interesting, but um, it's just not, a, like, those people probably are not surfers. So, we're just picking Medina side. The, fun, the funny story was, maybe a day or two after what happened, like, I went surfing, like, the other side of Panish. And, like, I see this little fisherman guy. And I was surfing with the judges. And they were, like, in the water. And they came in at the same time. So I had this fisherman with, like, a bunch of little fish and squid. And I'm like, hey, man, look, what kind of technique you used with that pole? He had a pole, and i like, I don't know. So I asked him, what kind of technique is that? Like, I want to learn. Maybe maybe I can do it at home, Some, something like that. And he's like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Brazil. He's like, Medina got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the weather started losing and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm like – yeah, he got robbed. He got robbed. Pretty <laughs> fucking. The guy. Hey, honestly, the guy was like seventy plus, like seventy plus at least, and and he knew what, what happened. So that was funny.
1: I liked when you were describing how you texted um, Gabrielle's mom after the heat because I thought you're gonna ask her out. I thought fuck that is badass. Yeah. <laughs> I just beat your son. Now I'm gonna fucking take you out. <laughs> go cry, go cry in the shower, Gabrielle. Yeah. You. Yeah. Your mama's coming home with me.
2: Well, the the pressure that I had, I'm like, oh man, maybe the judge is gonna change the result. So I I, I kind of lived with that fear for for a couple of days until I had the jersey on for the next heat. Do you, do
1: you, do you think that um do you think that the WSL was trying to work out a way to uh, reverse the decision because you're um very theatrical when you um on the uh, when you're gesticulating on the on the actual ride.
2: Um. Well, I was just like. Going back and forth of the footage, and like the thing that didn't have, didn't um help was right after the post show they they they've done something that looked like perfect towards Gabriel's claim. You know, like like I remember, I think Rosie and Strider just explained like, yeah, but look, Gabriel actually uh reached the outside first, and Kyle just reached out after, and he still got the priority. So. They, they kind of said stuff that they're not supposed to or they're not um, going with the right footage for those things that they were saying. So at, at one point, I'm like, oh, man, I think, I don't know, I think I'm saying Portugal, but I'm going on the next flight home. So I was kind of scared, but I was pretty solid with what I lived and for what I've seen at that time. So I'm like, I'll just stand for it.
1: Did you have did you have that kind of sinking feeling that you got kind of screwed on the wild card, and now now you're gonna get fucked on this as well?
2: No, no, I feel like that feeling kind of died already on like at the beginning of the year after after Margaret's. I was kind of like, look, I'm back. I was treating myself as like one of the guys again. I'm like, look, I'm back. I'm I'm part of this. Like, this is where I belong, and this is what I'm doing. So I, I at that point I was just trying to fight for surviving. I'm like I don't want to get out of the tour. Like the tour is where I make my money from, and this is where I, what I love to do. I love to surf, and I I enjoy I enjoy being on tour and surfing those waves. So uh, I'll just just talk to. on Gabriel's screwed up. but He helped me out. Maybe the world title wasn't that heat that he lost, but um, he helped me out. So I I owe him a barbecue. <laughs> and then uh,
1: and then two then two months later you find yourself pipeline in, in a
2: pipeline in a
1: heat with gabriel again i had what happened there
2: Charlie.
1: i was in gabriel did
0: uh before but even before the heat did you think okay this is gonna be something
2: yeah oh of course i, I was pretty psyched like honestly it, it's good for me like I, I i've learned how to love heats with gabriel i know something gonna go wrong i know something gonna happen and and this is good to me and this is good to, uh, like, all my family. Everybody knows, like, you're going to be a good heat. It, it could be something strategy or going to be surfing, but something's going to happen. So I I look for – I mean, I don't look for it because that guy is really hard to win. So I don't look for hits with him, but when I have him, uh, I, I like it.
1: So describe, describe your strategy before that heat. That was a little bit of locker room play?
2: You well, I was warming up on the on the on the pathway for the compass. He picked up his jersey and he was just running and he almost like went hit his back on my on my arms. I think walking down um to the heat and I'm like, look, that was kind of aggressive. I kind of hated that that feeling, but he was going so quick that I couldn't react that quick. So I I'm like, right on. So he started warming up on the beach and like just doing his thing. And he's like preparing himself like to pile out. And I see him like almost ready to run to the water. So I started running right in front of him. We jumped in the water right in front of him. Just trying to trying to see if I can play with him a little bit. But um yeah, if I if I did what he done to me in that heat, I would probably made the heat. So I would block him on his four. So he wouldn't get the four and I would get the last wave and I couldn't make the heat of the two. So if I used his technique, I would have made it, but that was kinda lame. Did you hear
1: um uh, did you hear Charlie yelling, burn him, burn him?
2: Yeah. And for a second I saw his face and I'm like, he kinda looked like he looked like he was embarrassed, just saying, like, oh yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. Look like he was embarrassed. I'm like, dude, I like I get it. What is he saying? Like I don't understand. Why burn him when I have the priority? Like it didn't really make sense at that time. I wasn't really like this. Just doesn't doesn't add up. I I didn't realize he didn't have enough points for him to lose. He get he gets the interference, and Kelly wasn't a heat as well. I think he had a heat with staff at that time. He's like go under his jersey, like get under his skin, like you know you know I know you can do it, and I'm like right on, like don't worry, I will do it but uh, he's a shit stirrer isn't he yeah yeah yeah. yeah he loves it <laughs> shit stirrer <laughs> you know, it's like, amazing and, and <laughs> it's just like charlie was yelling and i'm like, i couldn't really understand what what was the point and after after he's done it i called i pedal back out and i'm like dude what the fuck was that and he's like oh man i'm so sorry i'm so sorry it's just like oh i should do it i'm sorry i'm sorry and i'm like like at that time i I was just over, like I could, that, that was kind of lame, and and I, I understand he had to do honestly. If if I knew he could, I could do it to win a world title or to keep the dream alive. Like I would have done as well. Like I totally understand the reason she's done it, and and he had to do that and make the heat, and that's the point. Like there's people that do, does everything to to win, and he's one of them, and I don't blame. There, but there's,
0: there was rules or a subrule getting blown up again. It's Gabriel's followers just yeah. on you. <laughs> there, there's a subrule about sportsmanship, right? Where they like, and it was obviously we've talked about the WSL and how they make rules depending on the personality via Kelly, via John John, and now via this. But it seemed to me a very clear breach of sportsmanship. At the time, I mean, when I was writing about it, I don't, I didn't see how you could see it any other way. Yes, maybe he was in the right here and here, but in terms of sportsmanship, burning somebody is the least sportsmanlike thing you can do in surfing. And so I was still frustrated by or disbelieving of their final argument on that one. That is not sportsmanship. They were t- talking about heat sportsmanship, but come fucking on, this is surfing. Like we're burning somebody. There's only one rule don't burn. I mean, in the yeah. non competition, in the lineup, and that's yeah. it,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty lame. I mean, like, people start sending me a bunch of uh, like screenshots from the rule book like, go there, you're going to go. It was just a gray zone on the rule book that it wasn't really clear for any action. They were like, oh, maybe we can give him a fine or whatever. And like at, at that point, I'm like, look, I made a few hits at this event. I'm like, I qualified myself for next year. The last thing I want is trouble right now with like the whole team sure. living in Portugal. So I, I was just out of it. I'm like, look, it's all good. Like, I'm I'm back next year for the whole thing again, and we, we, we deal with that later. And then dun dun. dun. So when, when, did, when did you
1: realize when Gabriel dropped in on you? When did, did you just go? He's fucking had a mind brain snap because the commentators didn't get it straight away. And I remember when he dropped in looking at the scores, going, Fuck, he can win this with one wave. How long before did you just think he'd had a brain snap? Or did you know what was happening?
2: Yeah, well, um the his his stepfather was like yelling, burn him, but I yeah, no, I, I think they talked about it. They had to plan that for a long time. They had to plan it because I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. I never thought about that situation. Like you know, burn somebody, even like I don't know. He, he had to be very smart about it. But I don't know. It's lame. It was that so, was so sinister and so clever, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I got out of the water kind of like shocked. Like what happened? And and for him, honestly, like being there at that time. For him, I think it was the the most negative thing that he could have done to win. Like people, like I feel at that point the beach was packed to see Gabriel win, and at that point everybody was kind con- kind of like, he's kind of lame. Now everybody is like, went to eat the fans, you know. Like at that point, right after like the com- the beach commentator was like, hey, who's here to see Gabriel? And people just, Whoo! and who's here to eat <laughs> Wow! Be reality. So at that point, kind of, I felt that happening. Like I saw people kind of like, hey, man, look, that guy is kind of lame. But um, yeah, it was kind of negative for him, I feel. And I, I don't think he would have done it again for how negative it was. I mean, if he, he had to to win the heat, he would have done it. But it was, he saw, I think he saw with his own eyes that was kind of lame. How, how good is it?
1: Man, he's, he's he's a man who just wins it purely on heart, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean it's just so entertaining to have him on Instagram. He's the only guy in the world that he the the coronavirus didn't affect his production at all. <laughs> it's like new <he laughs> clips every single day, and there's no point for him to save like errors. Like he he doesn't need to save errors. It's crazy. He does it every single day, and there's always a new one coming out, and and, and it's it's insane.
0: So when when were you aware, first aware of Idolo coming up? I mean, did were you aware of him early on?
2: Or oh, yeah.
0: Um, so you thought this guy is something else.
2: Well, to be completely honest to you, like, so I he was a little kid from up north in Brazil, and I was with Volkley already like a few years, and we had one of the amateur contests in his like around his town. And I don't know if you guys know Pinga, that was his his manager, and my manager, Adriano, manager for a long time. So Pinga was the Oakley team manager for at that time, and he went on that trip with us to pick up an, another little kid from that town. So the kid already kind of knew that Pinga was in town to pick him up and this and that, so a bunch of little... Pro surfers came to help the kid out and, and pick the ways for the kid and kind of does all this pushing thing for Pinga to take him to Oakley. But ended up that Italo was surfing on the side and Italo was ripping and nobody was like helping Italo or whatever. So Pinga was like, Man, look this little kid. Like everybody thinks he's gonna be something, but who who who's gonna be the one gonna be that little kid? And he he spoke to Italo's parents like around the beach on that day and they're like, Hey man, look, uh, we're going to sponsor him and this and that. So he already took him under his wing and, and right after the next day, we've done a little surf trip around the town and, and start surfing with him. He was really good and snappy and quick, but he didn't have the carves and he didn't really know how to like get better at that time. So honestly, Italo got better. If you see clips from Italo's first and second year on tour, like he finished 17, I don't know, first and second year or whatever. Like he he wasn't surfing the way he serves today. He definitely had the moment of excitement, but it wasn't nearly like the way he serves today. Today he's the man to beat, and I feel like there's nobody that loves surfing more than him. He just stays in the water all day and he does crazy stuff, and he does it for for love. He loves to do it and. And it's crazy. I feel that's that's the difference of Italo and everybody else. I feel like Italo is doing it for definitely Italo loves the attention, the ego and whatever, so that feeds him. But he loves to do it because he loves to do it. So it's sick just to watch.
1: There's sort of parallels with John John, huh? I mean, two guys who just love surfing for surfing's sake and not winning for winning's sake. Yes. And John John wins it his way, and Italo wins it his way.
2: Yes. But um, yeah, I feel like John. He loves surfing no matter what, and he would do it no matter what. But Italo loves surfing, but he would love to win the title to be the guy, you know? It's a, it's, it's the opposite of people, but they all have the same thing in common, that is the love for surfing on their own way. And I feel those two guys would keep surfing no matter if they were professional or not. So that's that's the soul behind the body. <laughs>
1: did you love that opening gambit at the um uh in the final at um pipe and italo um got gabriel and, and got that sick backdoor cheer?
2: that was that was the sickest final honestly like that was insane like how how good is for for us i feel that's why wsl is just going crazy about it they want to they want to make that happen every single event have the first and second on the rankings uh in the final but it's, it's insane like that was so entertaining and it, I just wouldn't imagine the feeling. maybe Italo because he was second he had nothing to lose so he wanted more than Gabriel but I, I couldn't imagine the feeling of Gabriel like kind of like oh man, this guy's coming hot And yeah my, my legs are just shaking at that point because I it was just crazy. Crazy to imagine like that feeling of like oh shit this is the guy. The guy that's coming hot, he's in second place. Like he wants my my trophy, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was insane to
1: watch. <laughs> and and who were you supporting in the final? <sighs> wow.
2: Well, I think I was packing my bags. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was packing my bags. I was done with the season, out of Hawaii. Too much happened in in two thousand eight, uh, two thousand nineteen. So I was ready to get out of there. I was just I saw the results in the 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 hit review after, but I didn't watch live. But I, I thought I thought Italo would be the first time for him to win, and and I think it was a great opportunity for him. Gabriel was just like he won already twice. He would probably win five more times or more. So maybe Italo have a shot and and make the dream happen.
0: If it all if it all happens again, I mean, if the professional surfing is ever a thing ever again
2: do you got a title in you uh well honestly like after this coronavirus time i feel like i'm in the best best shape of my life and i feel like i'm i'm getting i'm improving my surf my surfing every time i surf and i i honestly like it's so hard like who am i to say like yes i got a war title on me but i will definitely like now with the with the new format that they want to do with the five guys going to a different place. And so are you into that? Well, honestly, like for my personally, me for Kyle, like if I ever get to that point that I like, I got myself into top five and I I'm on that last day of competition, it's giant, it's barreling and it's going off or maybe it's bells beach, big, um, Maybe I have a chance. Maybe I'm on the day that nobody can stop me and win a world title right there. Like no matter what I've done the whole year, I got myself into up uh, five, and then I won everybody and I won the title. I think that that would help me win a world title.
0: How did How did you, real quick, going all the way back to the start? You as a city kid, how are you so unafraid of like big, heavy conditions?
2: Um, I feel like in the young age. So I went to my first, I went to my first Hawaiian season in when I was 12. Oakley took, took me there for the first time. And man, honestly, like we didn't have a choice surfing anywhere else other than off the wall back to our pipeline. Like Pinga would take us to the beach and he would put a, a cereal bar and a box of water. And it could be like one foot, it could be 10 foot. And they're like, he's like, hey man, look we're not going to surf anywhere else other than this. So you pick the time you want to get in, you, you want to go out, and just don't get in until it's like sense of time. So it, I, I just learned how to surf uh, big ways, kind of like I was forced a little bit at first when I was, when I was really young. And as soon as I came back to Brazil, after I surfed off the wall, like six foot, that is freaking scary. Like everything else seemed soft. And I was just like, oh, man, I kind of like big boards. So I started writing bigger boards. And I just – my surfing kind of got shaped into that, like, writing bigger boards and and, and going out of where people that, – that's where, where it goes back to people, like, saying, like, oh, no, it's, it's too big. People, like, it's not not good. Like, I would like to go out because people said it's – like, you can't make it out. So uh, I was kind of like – if people said, don't go there, like I would go there. And, and I just like to challenge myself In that point that people are scared or people are afraid of going. And I just like that feeling of going like Chopu, like Chopu, like I never been there in my whole life. Like I went there last year and I got the first swell over six foot. Uh, I've been there like three years for the last three years, but last year was the very first time that Um, I seen big waves in Chopu, and when I got there and I saw everybody, all the competitors with giant eyes in the channel, I got that feeling on me again, like, holy shit, everybody's scared. Like, this is my time. (laughs) (laughs) Have have I done it before? No. I have never done it. I don't know where I'm going. I know that it's going to be scary, but I know if I make it, like, you're going to be sick
0: how does it how does it feel paddling into your first proper chopu wave like you're looking down staring at dry reef
2: before before you actually look like i was free surfing with all the local guys and man the very first day that i surfed big chopu like i would see those guys paddling in the wave and like they wouldn't paddle like that they would be paddling like this and i'm like man this guy literally gonna die. Like there's no chance in the world he's gonna make that drop. Anywhere else in the world, like people wouldn't make the drop. And and the guy would come out. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to get myself on that spot and see what it looks like. It was so scary. And it's just I I, I love that feeling of almost dying surviving. So <laughs> I tried once a little in the channel and I made it, and then I went a little deeper and like soon enough I was taking under, under the peak and, and trying to do it the city the city boy done it so <laughs> <laughs> do it.
1: What's, the, what's the technique for taking off right on the spot on an eight foot wave at chopo
2: well the technique is surviving like you paddle strongest as you can have thickest board you can knife under the lip and it's just it's just you gotta have you, you gotta have the confidence like because the waves are already kind of eating you in the back. It's ready to take you down. So if you don't believe you can do it, like you won't be able to do it. It's all in your head. But the way if you if you know you can do it, you're going to tuck right in. You've you got to just put your weight forward, honestly. Like I I don't know how to explain, but Chopu, if you put your weight forward, the board not going to create any any uh, air under the board and you're going to be able to make it. It's just scary when you're there and you're in, under that situation. You're like, if I fall, I'm going to die. There's no other <laughs> That's the feeling you have every time and when you when you see that
1: fear in uh, other guys eyes does that give does that give you a strength does does it make you uh I'm the alpha male here rich motherfuckers
2: you pussy
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah even then oh look at me I'm getting a 10 foot shoe Philippe look at me
2: yeah it's, it's insane I love it I mean it's it's probably scarier for me when I go out of the locals and they're looking at me like that and i'm like fuck i don't have any weak guy to feed myself up <laughs> but when when the guys are scared it's kind of cool like we're all on the same page but i look like i'm not but i am
1: did have have you ever had any um sort of moments where when you know fear becomes too overwhelming for you or was that only when you were young
2: no yeah no i don't get overwhelmed no i don't think so yeah, when, when, when I fear, that's where I get more focused, and where I kind of like realize what I gotta do. If I don't fear, I kind of take everything for granted, and things goes right in front of my eyes, and and I don't see it. That's what happens. So, I get, does anything scare you? Uh, well, I what scares me is like maybe like one of those waves or one of those things that I put myself into, it kills me and I'm not able to tell the story. That's what scares me. So because I, I love, I kind of love to be, I love being in an the edge and kind of like taking myself out of my, like out of the comfort zone. And I feel like sometimes the comfort zone, it's necessary. And you got, you got to know when, when you're going to put the, yourself in the situation. And I feel like if I lived in, in Tahiti or Hawaii, I would probably be leaving on a very thin edge and that's scary. It scares me. So Brazil is safe
1: enough.
2: <laughs> <just gotta> <laughs> have you, have you, have you ever pushed it too far? Stuff?
1: What is that? Have, have, you, have you ever felt like you've uh, pushed it too I had a moment where you get off like I pushed it too far on this one?
2: No, no. I'm, I calculate a lot. Like I'm very like I know I know my limits and And I try to go through the edge of the limit, but I don't go over. Like as soon as I'm done with it, I'm like, okay, I'm good. If I've done it, I surf enough time, like I don't need to go surf again and and give a chance of something wrong happening. So I know my limits.
1: Hey, it's getting getting light in Brazil. Are you um are you a party boy? You gonna go out and
2: um, chase bitches? Coronavirus time like that. Well no. (laughs) i'm not a potty boy but definitely after i got single like i'm i'm kind of enjoying life a little bit i I because you're engaged right i i was married for a year year and a half almost two years we're we're you got married yeah we're married we're planning um we're planning the wedding and maybe that's where all everything went wrong
0: (laughs) oh man planning a wedding is awful
2: Hey, plenty of wearing with the guy that you freaking lost the sponsor off tour. Like, look, just ditch that motherfucker.
1: Just <laughs> burgers. We're gonna serve burgers at our wedding. Yeah.
2: That's-
1: <laughs> is that what, is that, what, is that what broke your relationship up? You said, hey, let's do something really simple.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what what happened just happened. We're we, we met really young. We we're like 17 when we first met, and and we married, and we thought that's what we wanted, and I don't know. Life is just crazy when you get... So how long we got together for, you and Alyssa? We're, we were together for eight years. Holy fuck. Yeah. Long time, and then we got married, and yeah, things just didn't work. We had to move on. She's from Hawaii. I'm from Brazil. Luckily, like, the dollar hit five, five for $1 after, so... I was back in Brazil, not paying Ran in California. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Were, were you planning on living in Hawaii? Was that going to be the plan?
2: Yeah. It, it, we're, we're moving to Hawaii at some point and and we're kind of getting ready to move. And it's just one, one day we're just like, look, is that really what we wanted? And we're just in different times, different times in our lives that – it's just we we gotta look for what we really want and like right now there's no time to bullshit. So we're just better off like separate and we decided that together and she was cool with it. She was gonna live in Hawaii and I'm like, Hey look, I gonna live in Brazil and and it was perfect. Like it, it she, she's a good girl. She's she's nice and, and she deserves the best and I'm, I'm happy being single in Brazil for, for now. And I've learned, I've learned a lot and I've learned how to date a, you got to date a Brazilian chick. (laughs) Everybody's man. Every man in the world deserves a Brazilian chick. (laughs) Derek, what do they do? What what makes them so wonderful? Well, they're just loving, man. They're just, they want to, they want to just take care of the man. And I feel like I feel like in the U.S. you gotta just take the trash and carry the groceries upstairs, and you gotta just clean the yard. It's just you, 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 and pay the bills. <laughs> and and every day they said, "No, you don't. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, you sexist." And then <laughs> you sexist, you racist, yeah. you homophobic. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. you don't. So I'm like, I got back to Brazil. Life is beautiful. Women here want you to take care and make breakfast in bed for you, impress you, and do all kinds of stuff. So I'm I'm good with that. I've I I started dating her when I was 17, and it's just it was just a long long time without being in business. So it's good it's good to breathe a little bit before I find out. How did
1: you How, how did you survive the initial heartbreak? Because I always find that's the toughest bit those first few months. You know, when your chick starts dating someone else and. Yeah. You got movie movie reel in your head.
2: I mean, it's just like somebody gonna move quicker than others, you know? And and she just jumped into another relationship, which was probably great for her. And I just I was kinda suffocated at that time. I'm like, dude, let me breathe, like let me get out of here. At the same time, you don't want, you know, like you, you're dating someone and you have that respect for so long that like I kinda wanted to do my thing off off the chart. I didn't want to didn't want her to know who I was going out with, or wanted her to see. So it was just kind of like I want to get out of Hawaii and I want to just fly away a little bit. So it was good. It's it's the heartbreak like it definitely happens like like the first the first few weeks like you're just broken to shit. And I was competing at that time like I had a contest in France and it was pretty hard to take, but it's. Like after a couple of weeks, I mean, it doesn't even need a week. Like, she, like we broke up in in October. It was in France during the 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 Quick Pro. Man, I had a hell of a time in Europe. Like that was the greatest Europe era, era that I ever had. I never had that much fun in my life like <laughs> now, and I'm like, this is actually a good life. That's why I kind of I kind of got over. It and I'm like, look, life is great. Like why why you why you gotta have one if you can just have as much as you can or as much as you can take. That's the fucking spirit, eh? Yeah. Hey? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the maybe the chicks that I, I've been going out, um maybe the one chick I've been going out or maybe a couple of them, they're gonna they're gonna see this inner girl they're gonna be you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> nah he bad he bad no you don't nah I'm pretty, nah. Nah, I'm, pretty I'm pretty quiet like I, I don't this kind of stuff I'm a good guy
1: is the hardest thing about the breakout apart from the heartbreak the um, fact that you have to go through Instagram delete all the little photos of you guys together
2: yeah well yeah yeah it's for me like deleting is not even like deleting because we're together it's easy but I feel like it's hard when she's in a peak, pic- she was in a picture and like we had a memory there, you know, like something great happened on that day or it was the sickest day and it just happened for us to have a photo together. Like it's, it's memory. It, when you break up somebody, it's just like somebody died to you. And for me, it was just like, it's, it's the hard feeling to understand like somebody die in your life, you know, you're not going to ever talk to that person again and you're never going to see that person again. And I'll probably have to see her like competing everywhere, you know. But no hard feelings. Like just not nothing was convenient on that time. Deleting pictures, like, seeing her with another guy, and and this happens. Everybody go through it. But
1: did you Google his because um, she's with a UFC fighter now? Did you Google his fights and see if he could handle himself?
2: No, no, I didn't. No, I don't know. Honestly, like. I, I don't, man.
1: Because you know a bit of BJJ, eh?
2: No, I don't know much. I, I started I start, um, doing it a few few months ago. Uh, I'm new to it. You need, you need to practice before you take on the UFC. I,
0: every single Brazilian has to do it, though. I've never met one yeah. Brazilian who doesn't do BJJ.
2: Well, it's it's a street fight, you know, like, beginners <laughs> are good at picking up, like, a piece of wood and just, like, cracking the wood in the head. <laughs> so it's like, if you don't know one, you got to know another one. <laughs> it's kinda, yeah, but, yeah, it's, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I, I like to surf. If, yeah, everybody has what they deserve. So I want to find a little kill. Cute little chick, maybe not a surfer, so I don't need to share waves anymore. I learned that.
1: Yeah, yeah fuck that. no escape, is there? You go for a surf and your chick goes, I'm go coming too. Surf
2: yeah. And she's having a shitty time and she look at you like, Come on, can I have that one? I'm like, Fuck, <laughs> yeah, no sharing waves no more. Maybe find out for the films.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, Kai, thank you so much for your time, mate. You've been amazing, yeah. as we knew you
2: would. Thank
1: you. The underdog.
2: Hey, when you guys it. edit this thing, like edit nice so I don't lose my sponsor. The leftover.
1: There's, there's no editing. It's just raw. Get <laughs> your new sponsor. Don't you worry.
2: <laughs> yeah, get me
1: sponsors. <laughs> do you want to you give your sponsors a little shout out?
2: Yes. Um, I would like to thank Ride and <laughs> uh, and DHD and Oakley for all those years and supporting me. And hard time. To- the me is a hard time for everybody, and uh, I'm glad to have them stuck with me through this hard time. And I guess yeah, DHD, there's
1: a few uh, Kyo belly boards that unwaxed that you can probably sell.
2: Yeah, probably like in California, you can find one of my boards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Kyo.
2: You've been great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Such. Okay. A pleasure. Thank you, brother. <laughs> if you guys need anything else, I'll be here. Mama